Welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Our mission is to empower, inspire, and mentor people to reclaim their health and become self-reliant in their fitness. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Hogue. Join with me as my co-host, Annabelle Rios. All right, we are going live in three, two, one. Beautiful countdown, man. It's beautiful. Beautiful, especially after last time. What was the last time? Was it two? I said it. I don't know when I said it, but you didn't like it. You looked at me like I'd st- st- stolen your identity. You did. <coughs> we'll keep it with me for now. All right, guys, you know the drill. The drill. Head to the app store. No, podcast store, right? I don't know. I don't know what you use. Yeah. I, think about it. I don't know what you're using. Whatever you use. I don't know what you've got. <laughs> I don't know if you got the uh, the green bubble or not. Is that Spotify? No, that's the uh, Android users. Oh, Android. Oh. Yeah, blue bubbles. Uh, oh, I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Anyways, like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, give it a five star. It helps others find it. Um, it does. We, <coughs> guys, let me tell you this. Even if you don't listen to it, still subscribe to it. <laughs> helps he's, other people find he's it. He's talking to me. Oh, yeah, Annabelle, I found out Annabelle doesn't listen to any of the episodes. I've listened to the first two or three. I live the episodes. That's true. You do. I also did not like how I, that first pilot episode, I'm like, oh, this is, I feel so cringy. Not that I, not that other episodes aren't cringy, but that episode was. Hello, guys. This is Annabelle and Kim. We are going to talk about health and fitness. And we are very proper. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very cringy. <clears throat> I mean, it was the first one. Yeah. You know? But we didn't know how to work, how to, how to win. Now we just shoot from the hip. We have an outline, people. We don't just shoot from the <coughs> hip, but we, we do. do. Shoot, we do shoot from the hip. Not shoot from the hip. But Guys, this is another shoot from the hip here. I got one thing we like to do with everybody is we like to be honest. We like to to tell the truth around here. And guys, I I thought that I almost lost my friend. Well, it wasn't that bad, but it was pretty <laughs> bad. I have a confession to to tell everybody. Man, what was it? couple podcasts ago we talked about how to prevent injury in the gym <clears throat> and if i'm remembering correctly number one was respect the weight and number two was be careful how you you know rack and unrack the weight and all that kind of stuff where you're didn't we also talk about uh <coughs> safety pins and yeah that was all on there so yeah. what i got to confess to everybody is i it was sunday i was working out i wasn't in the it wasn't even a bench press day but you know what i decided Nothing, you know, makes it work out better than just taking just the barbell and doing a hundred repetitions in a row just to get that little chest and tricep pump, you know? So I was like, I'm going to do that for no good reason. I was like, I'm just going to try and get a hundred repetitions. <clears throat> so I took the, the, the bench out of the bar or outside the rack, put the bar where I'm outside the bar, no safety pins. I always bench with safety pins and all that stuff, but I didn't, I'm going to town the barbell can't hurt me. It's just 45 pounds. Lightweight, baby. So I, <laughs> nothing but a peanut. So I, I <laughs> didn't respect the weight of just 45 pounds. And I was not careful when I racked it. I was putting it back. One side hooked, one side didn't. I let go and 45 pounds came right down on my right eye. I rolled off the pin <laughs> like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> I grabbed my eye and I was like, that wasn't good. And I I go inside, my wife's on the couch, and I'm like, I think I hurt myself, Robin. And she doesn't even look up from her cell phone. And I pull my hand away, and I'm bleeding from my eye, or from, like, the <clears throat> the, the brow of my eye. And I'm like, oh, I'm, re- I'm bleeding. And she's like, go to the bathroom. I'll be there in a second. She didn't even look up from her phone. She just kept scrolling. I was like, ah. 
So I go to the she bathroom knew. and I'm bleeding. He's also a PT, so she knew what was up. Yeah, and oh, it was it was huge. It looked like I had a grape or like two grapes stuck into my eyelid. It was so swollen. It was. I thought I might need stitches. We I ended up not going because I didn't want to pay the copay of like twenty bucks. So my eyebrow will hide the scar. And anyway, I've had a black eye this entire week. So, but tell them what you did right before that. What did you read? Well, on the internet. <coughs> well, on the on the interwebs, and I would like to say rest in peace to the to the individual who ended up dying. He was squatting, squatting at the rack. I don't. PR. Know, yeah, I don't know who this individual was. Yeah. I w- it was just on the news feed, and there was a guy who ended up dying squatting outside the squat rack with a new with a PR attempt of like four hundred something pounds, and it it's a tragedy. Yeah, it was a tragedy. It went down on his neck, <coughs> and. Less than five minutes later, I dropped the barbell on my face. So all that to be said, guys, <laughs> I didn't take my own advice of respecting the weight, even if it's just 45 pounds. So it's kind of funny, but also I'm happy that it wasn't worse than just a swollen eye and a black mm-hmm. eye and a cut. It could have been way worse. So Way worse. Way worse. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Annabelle? We're not talking about respecting the weights or bruises. What are we talking about? We're talking about Diabetes. As my old professor used to say, diabetes. Diet who? (laughs) Barely know her. All right. So. What is diabetes, Cam? Yeah. And specifically, the whole podcast episode is going to be reversing type 2 diabetes. But we need to. So, let's clarify that. It's reversible. It's not curable. (coughs) So, explain the difference between the two. Okay. So, basically, diabetes is characterized when you have higher sugar or glucose. Some people call it the blood sugar uh, disease. In your blood or your blood stream, blood vessels, all that stuff. And there's there's technically three main types. <clears throat> okay, so there's type 1. That's not what we're talking about today. That is essentially genetic. It's where your body is, is, te- is unable to produce insulin, which ends up leading to a more glucose in the bloodstream because you can't – insulin pulls glucose out of the blood. But your body is not able to produce it in type 1 diabetes – Typically, nah, not typically, almost all the, all the time, it is genetics. It is something that is not reversible, mm-hmm. not curable. Mm-hmm. You have to, in, you ha- you essentially have to be on a, like an in, outside insulin, like a pump or something like that, that you put into your body so that way you can take the blood sugar out of your blood. And <clears throat> insulin is how you do that. So you have to have um, an insulin pump or injections or whatever to, to help with that. <clears throat> and that's type one. You were born that way, pretty much, and it mm-hmm. doesn't. It might not show until later on in life. You know, mm. early adulthood, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes you might find out as a kid, but sometimes early adulthood is when you kind of find out you have type one diabetes. Okay, so then type two is not genetic. This is actually your body is able to produce insulin, like you're producing it, but your body is like resistant to it. It doesn't take it in. It doesn't take it into the blood to take the glucose out of the blood. Um, and so that's kind of the main difference in type two. It, since it's not, I mean, there can be genetic components to it, but, but isn't it, it predominantly a lifestyle? It's predominantly lifestyle. It's something that, um, you aren't born with, but can get because of lifestyle, um, factors, some mm-hmm. genetic factors, but more lifestyle factors. And there's also a third one called gestational, which, uh, is hormonal changes during pregnancy, um, and is typically resolved after childbirth. 
but it's something that the doctors will monitor if you're pregnant and all that kind of stuff. I want to say it's in your late 20 weeks, 20 to 30 weeks. Is when late start. stages into pregnancy? Yeah, later <coughs> stages. Mm-hmm. Definitely second or third trimester. So they'll start looking for that. <coughs> so I guess, why don't you explain to, because I don't know people think, well, what the heck is even pre-diabetic then? And what's like healthy range? and Sure. <coughs> no, that, that's What's considered even type 2? Because yeah. we're talking about type 2 today, guys. Yeah, so with type 2, <coughs> you have what's called an A1C percentage, uh, basically how much glucose is in hemoglobin. Um, and when you get your blood work done, that essentially checks for the last two to three months of your A1C levels. And um, what you really want is when you get your blood work done is to see something below 5.7. If it's below 5.7, that means you are in the clear. You're not pre-diabetic, you're not diabetic, and that's what you're wanting. Um, pre-diabetes is when you're obviously above 5.7, but you're still below 6.4. And these are all percentage ranges. <coughs> and if you're in that range, you have pre-diabetes. <coughs> what that means is you're not fully diabetic, obviously, and you might have some of the symptoms, uh, but maybe not all of them. And, and that is the case where you want to definitely try and catch it so that you can reverse it. Um, not that it, it can still be reversed with when you have full diabetes, but you're kind of like on your way to having it. So you're not, f- you don't fully have it at this point. Now, if it's above 6.4, um, you have diabetes, type two diabetes, at least was what we're talking about. And obviously the higher and higher and higher that number gets, that increases the risk of complications in terms of like, we we'll, I think we'll talk about that a little bit later too, but like healing risk of cardiac, uh, vision vision like uh, glaucoma all that kind of stuff so you got to be monitoring this i can clearly see the signs of when i had it but some of those you you remember oh, well we're, at, yeah, we'll we're, get into, we're about yeah. to get into Annabelle's story with it here in a second because this is how to reverse and we're going to show how Annabelle mm-hmm. uh reversed his type 2 diabetes mm-hmm. and then we're going to give and we're going to give some general you know advice yeah. on how to reverse it but some common signs and symptoms is you'll kind of have some increased thirst, like you're more thirsty, you're peeing a lot more, um, unexplained uh, weight loss, constant fatigue, blurred vision. Oh, this is a big one. Slow uh, wound healing, um, harder to fight infection. And basically this can lead to very serious things, cardiovascular disease, potential kidney damage, nerve damage. A lot of times if diabetes is uncontrolled, you'll have what's called peripheral neuropathy, uh, which is where, you know, people say, I can't really feel my feet. It's like this. Oh my God. Yeah. It's the sock and glove syndrome is where like, if you're wear a sock or a glove, like you where the sock and glove touch your skin is where you can't really feel things. It's just, nothing. wow. And then that, that is, can be really bad because you start to get infections, like a little, little cut, you don't feel it turns into something bigger. And that's where amputations start happening. So a lot of amputations mm. are a result of uncontrolled type two diabetes and peripheral neuropathy and impaired wound healing, and it can get it gets really messy. I, mm-hmm. I'm actually I treat it's crazy. I treat a lot of patients who have diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and peripheral mm-hmm. neuropathy. So it's a it's a it's a downward spiral, people, and we're trying to prevent this. And there are some major causes that can cause this type 2 diabetes. So those are just some signs and symptoms. So what can cause it? Well, you can have, technically you can have a genetic component to type 2 diabetes. 
where you know you have an inc- basically an increased risk. Your family's not going to give it to you, but you have an increased risk. I think we've talked about that before. How much is it potentially true genetics, and how much is it just the environment that you grew up in? Maybe your family always, I don't know, taught you a certain way to eat, and they've been mm-hmm. doing that, and it's not so much being the genetics but just the environment and the conditions that have been passed down. We ha- we have talked about that and I believe we talked about that with obesity. Mm-hmm. Um and I and it it gets hard to tell, man. It gets hard to tell when you're looking at some of these studies as is it actually genetics? Like is there some sort of gene or like you're saying the risk is associated with the environment in which the parents raise the kids and the kids have kids and you know they mm-hmm. have kids and it just you learn these habits and it's the environment. And mm-hmm. I I typically lean more towards that way, especially with type two. Type one is yeah. Type <laughs> type one is purely genetic. Exactly. Um, but type two, I do think it's more environmental than actual genetics in this case. But anyway, that is one of the things that if you look up oh, a major it'll cause, say, yeah. it'll say genetics. <coughs> Obviously, obesity and being overweight, particularly in the abdomen. Sorry, men, we typically carry our weight in our abdomen. We are the apple, not the pear. <laughs> um. <laughs> Because in any type of increased adipose tissue or that fat uh, can release like inflammatory substances and that can interfere with uh, the action of insulin going into the bloodstream to pull out glucose, essentially. Mm. Um, obviously, sedentary lifestyle is, is, a, is a huge uh, cause. We'll talk a little we'll talk later on in this episode about um, resistance training and how that actually can reverse a lot of this. But basically, a sedentary lifestyle um, does not support metabolic health. We, it's like anti-metabolic health is to be sedentary. Obviously, unhealthy diet, and with this specifically, it's those ultra-processed carbohydrates or sugars, refined carbohydrates, all this kind of stuff that we've talked about in the past. That's kind of intuitive. You kind of know it's unhealthy, but those type of dietary choices is not conducive for weight management Mm -hmm. or uh, fighting off type 2 diabetes. I thought this one was interesting. The older we get, age can be um, kind of a a factor at which you could potentially get type 2 diabetes. And I think that goes more along with more risk factors. Uh, You know, as we age, we tend to to start being more sedentary. Um, We tend to stop caring about what we eat. I know all that kind of stuff. So I think age is just kind of a... What are you going to say? No, it's like, kind of like we were talking about with the, the gen- is it really that or could it just be that you're getting older and yeah, you are doing you stop doing some of the things that maybe we're helping you? Yeah, and then there are some uh, ethnicities that are more uh, prone to uh, getting type 2 diabetes, African Americans, Hispanic, Native Americans, Asian Americans. Um, and again, what is genetic? What is environment? Why are these trends the way they are? Is it I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this is just something. This is what we found. Yeah, this is just what we found. This, yeah, and this is also, if you are one of those ethnicities, we're just saying maybe that's something you need to have checked more often because mm-hmm. this whole thing is we're just trying to help you, if you have it, reverse it or prevent it. Yes. So just things to be aware of. So your ethnicity, your age, if you have an unhealthy diet, if you're sedentary, if you're overweight or obese, and if you have a family history of type 2 diabetes, things you need to be on the lookout for, 100%. Yeah. And what's a big one in this? Yeah. One of the major causes. <laughs> so I wanted to single this one out itself is metabolic syndrome. 
And we covered this back back way back way back in the day. Yeah, in this the health one, and fitness. This is episode, episode. This is episode two. So if you want to learn more about <clears> this, <throat> Google it or go look up episode two. But what metabolic syndrome is is it's a group of conditions that will increase your risk of diabetes, stroke, heart attack, or other very serious health problems. It increases your risk of all causes of mortality. So what you don't want is three or more of these conditions because then you are what we'd call you are, have metabolic syndrome. So one is a war large waistline. Um, one is having high blood pressure. So the waistline average, um, I want to say it's like 36 inches for female, 40 inches for men. High blood pressure. Um, high blood sugar levers sugar levels like hyperglycemia basically at risk for having diabetes high blood triglycerides low hdl cholesterol those are kind of the groups if you have three or more um you have metabolic syndrome you are very high risk of having diabetes <laughs> and dying of all cause of mortality this is uh you don't want all five you don't want all five <laughs> yeah you don't want to be metabolic un metabolically unhealthy you always want to be metabolically healthy. Um, but again, look up that older episode to get the exact levels. I don't want to go in detail about yeah. what is good cholesterol, bad cholesterol, what the the percentages are in milliliters per decimal or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so now that we talked about diabetes, type 1, type 2, and gestational, Annabelle, you had diabetes. I did. Yeah, tell us a little bit about your story, man. Well, I, know, I, know, I know it can be kind of scary because at one point you were very you were very scared oh man i thought i was <laughs> i thought i was dying because it was like a culmination of things that i had going on <clears throat> at the time um i think it was like high cholesterol type 2 um goodness overweight obese <laughs> yeah you had you had stomach pain stomach pain the uh, back pain and i mean the was, vision was definitely there yeah and it was and it was interesting because i thought oh maybe and that started now looking back, it's hard to walk back. And then when you you know when you're when you're kind of already overweight a little bit, and you're like, eh, all right, <laughs> there's no need to go to the doctor. I already know what they're gonna tell me. You need to lose weight. So there was a while where I, I didn't go to my annual checkups, and I can I can remember when I had this moment. I'm like, I went to the eye doctor, for, but for some reason, I still went to the dentist and the eye doctor, but I still didn't go. Didn't go to the medical doctor. <laughs> I didn't go to, yeah, I didn't have a primary <clears throat> care physician. And they're like, hey, you need glasses. I was like, what? And it, make, it, make, it made sense. I was like, okay, I'm getting older. I have a stigmatism, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward after I kind of reverse my type 2 type, and I started being able to see better. And I still use glasses sometimes, but I don't need them as much. That's kind of crazy. So but that's because one of your first symptoms apparently was my vision was your vision. I didn't even know. Yeah. And, and I was, I was, I drink a lot of water. I always had kind of half and I find I just, yeah. I'm healthy. I drink water. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you get checked up with your eyes. Your this is last year around March. Yeah. Um, so you finally go to the doctor. I think, you know what? I've been putting off, putting this off for a while. Oh, and then I, I was having chest pains too. I was like, man, I thought I was dying. Yeah. You had stomach pain, chest pain, back pain, back pain, weren't feeling well, some vision issues. Mm -hmm. So you finally go, finally go. What did they say? They run all sorts of, of labs. Um, but essentially I have type two diabetes and I was just like, 
Yeah, you're, you're shell shock. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, so his A1C. Uh, oh yeah, we wrote down the numbers for you guys so you know. Yeah, his A1C in March of 2022 was 6.6, which mm-hmm. again we just talked earlier that is above 6.4. Therefore, he's not pre-diabetic. He is type two diabetic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there were some. Uh, we didn't put all of his numbers on here. We're just ta- since this, we're talking about diabetes. Yeah, maybe we can this. talk about their. But yeah, his other lab numbers <laughs> they weren't good either. <laughs> Cholesterol were high, triglycerides were yep. high. Like, and this is like high, high, not just like, oh, you know, don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor was wanting to get him on a statin for his oh, cholesterol. They did. Um, so well, there was like, like a laundry list of medication, and for me personally, I've I've had a history with medication, and I'm just kind of don't want to. Yeah, I like I don't want to do medication. So, and I think you know I'll give my two cents on statins real quick. I think they're horrible. Uh, but I'm not a medical doctor. Talk to your medical doctor, blah, blah, blah. But I think yeah. more research is coming out that statins are not good for you. Now, I'm sure there are times when they are good for you or whatever. But Depending you, how far, because remember we talked about the chart. Maybe you're really, really. Yeah, maybe you are really far on that know, chart. On that chart of the A1C levels and all that stuff. So, again, consult with your doctor. Mm-hmm. But we're talking today about how to reverse it naturally without yes. medication. And I did reverse it. You did. And a year later, I went into my to see my physician, and he says, "Are you on medication X Y Z?" And I looked him in the eye, and I said, "No." Oh, when did you stop taking it? And I looked him in the eye and said, "I never took it." And he just sighed. He got he got mad, didn't you say? Yeah, he got, he got like, very. He was very. <laughs> he looked me in the eye and was very disappointed. He's like, okay. Gets in his eyes. He's like, "Here we go, another well, non-compliant he, patient." Well, he probably. You know, well, first of all, did he give you any indication of what you needed to do to reverse all these stuff other than give you the medication? Here's what I want to say. Yeah. This is not about him. This is not about where I went. This is unfortunately how it works here in the U.S. Probably around the world, too. Uh, probably around the world. I, I I didn't come up with this phrase. I can't remember who said it, but it's diagnosed and adios. They gave you the diagnosis, the label, and then, all right, Nets. Adios. Adios. And it's true. And that's how I went. You take this medication. Type your diabetes. Here's the medication. And we're not getting into healthcare, but there's yeah. a lot of issues there. And well, that was it. That was they're just like almost like you have to figure it out on your own. Unfortunately, and that's kind of why we're doing this podcast to talk it, about health, yep. fitness, wellness, and rehab, tra- all that oh stuff. Oh my gosh! I was talking to you before this. I had a laundry list of things that I did. So Annabelle came. So we're obviously good friends. So Annabelle came to me. Very upset with his labs. And we said, okay, we got some work to do. Yeah. And. But I had encouraged. The, the, the part that was encouraging is that my body was responding the way it should be responding because I was overweight. And yeah. I had this. And you were eating poorly. Poorly. And I knew that there was, there yeah. is something that I can do. And you were sedentary. And I was inconsistently, consistently yeah. <laughs> lifting weights. Yeah. So what was your A1C uh, uh, year later? Almost exactly a year later. Yeah, almost exactly a year later after I had my checkup, it was at 5.4. Okay. So 5.4 is below 5.7. So that means you are not in the pre-diabetic range. Yeah. uh, What was the pre-diabetic range again? It was 5.7 to 6.4. Okay. Yeah. And my doctor just said, (laughs) he said, okay, guess you reversed it. And that was it. (laughs) Yeah, and also we will say all of Annabelle's other numbers that we have not put on here, his cholesterol, his triglycerides, everything else, 
went looked really good too. I think there might have been one number that was kind of borderline or kind of mm-hmm. icky, but everything else looked really good. And the doctor had nothing to say about it. Yeah, I didn't think. Just personally, for me, uh, guys, I I've had some health issues when I was younger, so for me, medication wasn't going to be it because I was on a lot of medication. I was just like, I was like, I'm not doing medication. So that's when I I did a lot of things. I won't get into every single thing because I don't really so, think some yeah. of that helped me <laughs> as yeah. much. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. But I'm gonna tell you what I am still doing and what are some of the things I did at first. Yeah. What is so you got? So the I guess I give you my starting numbers. Yeah, my A1C. I am about. I'm five foot seven. I'm five foot seven. Yeah. I think I'm a little bit taller some days, but who knows? I'm five foot He's growing seven. his hair out, so he might be like <laughs> six foot with the kind of yeah. <laughs> curly locks. And at that on. point, I this is I was about two hundred and sixty one pounds. Okay. And I was like, dang, son. <laughs> You know when you st- you hop on this thing and the number just keeps going up and I'm like, God Almighty, what happened? <laughs> yeah. So one of the first things that, from my research, I was like, okay, we know a lot of this is attributed to a large waistline and your weight. Mm-hmm. I have to lose weight. But I've I've we've talked about it in other episodes. I've gone down that path so many different times. So this time uh, I was thinking long term. All right, that ten minutes. I'm uh, thinking big picture here. Because a lot of the things, a lot of our things that we've been telling people is things that we've been, not only we know, but we've experienced. So Annabelle yeah. with weight loss with Annabelle, with building muscle with me, all that kind of stuff is, yeah, we kind of know because we've been going through it. Yeah, like that three-year rule that we were, were trying, we changed it over to Tamaris. It's like, I need to think big picture and commit to this. Not just for today, but what can I do for the rest of my life, blah, 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 blah. Because nobody wants to just be skinny or strong for a season. Mm-mm. They want to keep that for the rest of their life, so that's what I did. And for me, that started with I need to change my body, and I I went on a cut, focused on high protein, and I ended up losing while well, all while strength training. And we'll get into more details on each one. I ended up losing about forty five pounds of fat. I feel like I probably lost more because I did put it on some muscle. You put on a lot of muscle. Thank you, Don. Yeah. And all my numbers went up on all my lifts. Yeah. He, and would you go from like 185 on deadlift to 405? Yeah. So Annabelle was pulling some serious weight. And you don't just pull that same weight with the same amount of muscle mass you had. You pack up, yeah. you pack on the muscle to be able to pull that much weight. Yeah. So I like saying fat instead of weight. weight. I agree with you. Because I think a lot of people. They need to start using a different language because yeah. I think it's good. So I probably lost more. All my numbers were going up, which was very encouraging. And also while I was doing this, once a week I was doing – I would swim. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing some less training and then resistance training, and I took a lot of different supplements. And Liz stands for low intensity steady state cardio. Yes. Like you're just like a swimming, jogging, biking, yeah. shifting. You're yeah. not sprinting. Oh, yeah, guys. Start small. Don't, <laughs> yeah. Don't go out there and try to run. If you've never ran in your life, or it's been over a year, yeah. Start walking, hiking. So I did that, and I think that helped me too. Resistance training supplements. How I many times were you? How many times a week were you resistance training? Three times. Were you uh, doing machines, dumbbells? I was primarily focused on a. It was powerlifting, and some accessories. Yeah. So. Yeah, so squat, bench, squat, deadlift. Squat, deadlift, bench, press. 
Um, and then, yeah, a lot of loaded accessories. Yeah. So he's really focusing on the big lifts and, and gaining a lot of strength. And he's doing that three times a week. And that, that's all I did. And it, it, I still follow somewhat of a similar program. Um, I won't say all the supplements because some men, I, I don't know if they really helped me. But the main ones was definitely fish oil. I was taking fish oil. I was doing a protein powder to make sure I was hitting my protein. Multivitamin, well, multivitamins. I was doing the, a green supplement. I was doing... I think I was telling you I was doing way too many vitamin D three, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But that's what I did. Um, I was also, guys, when you think you're dying, you're you do a lot of different things. <laughs> oh yeah. I was doing a weekly monk fast, which we talked about that before. It's a thirty six hour fast. I would do that. I did that once a week. I didn't do it the full year. Full disclosure, I did it for maybe a little over half a year. Yeah. And I, I stopped that. Um, and most of all, it took a year. Maybe, yeah, maybe I could have gone and gotten a checkup. I think I was supposed to. Uh, <laughs> after a few months, I was like, I don't want to go back because I know he's going to put me on statin. So I'm just going to keep doing the work. And then a year later, once I go back in, check we'll it again. Check it again. So those were the about the seven things you did within that year before that first checkup. Yep. At six point six A one C to the next year at five point four A one C. Yes, so um, some body recomposition, some some low steady uh, interval training, resistance training, some supplements. I cut my calories and focus on getting a lot of protein, and I was doing a weekly fast, and it took time. Mm-hmm. It was definitely scary when you get all these labels put on you, for sure. But I, I at least knew that a lot of this came from lifestyle, mm-hmm. which means what? It's reversible. Right. It's not curable because I, if, if, I, if I say curable, it means it can never come back. It could if I was to stop all these things and go back to the way that I was living my life. So that's why I, I think I, I prefer to say reversible instead of curable since, you know, if you, <laughs> if you go back, you're sure. going you're, you're gonna, to. I see what you're saying. You're going to get those same conditions. So what now, what I do, I'm only resistance training. I'm only doing a few supplements. I cut out a lot of them. Um, I'm only doing fish oil, protein powder, and multivitamins. Nice. Uh, and then I am still focused on high protein. They call me the protein monster. Yeah, we call Anvil the protein monster because he can put down some protein people. I do. It makes you feel full. And now I'm starting to cut again because I was... You get consumed and obsessed, and when when you see the numbers on the bar go up, you're like, you start like, I guess I'll start to doing a cut, and you're like, I'll go to maintenance, and then I do a lean bulk. Yeah, <laughs> typically when you are on a cut, you lose some strength because yeah. you're not in that calorie surplus, and mm-hmm. but it, that's what Annabelle's saying. He liked he liked the weight on that deadlift <laughs> going up. Yeah, but yeah, that's what Annabelle did for a year, and it worked. And it worked, and it. I think when when I sat down, I was like, "Man, what do I? What did I actually do? Because I did a lot of things, and what am I? What am I still doing? Because I still have some more weight to lose. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure, and you know, I'm five foot seven. I used to, I told you I was two sixty one. I lost about forty five pounds of fat, so I still have more to go. Yeah, but it's weird that all my numbers improved. Yeah, you know, and I think I think one time I was telling you about a shirt that I. That I was, that I think I showed you a picture, like, and I was wearing that shirt, and I told him, like, listen, I'm wearing this shirt, and I actually weigh more right now. Yeah. 
than when I did then. And I was I was busting out of that shit. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I weigh more right now. And that's body recomposition. Absolutely. All right. How can you reverse it now, Cam? Gotcha. So tell them. <coughs> we're gonna give some little pointers here and we'll kind of go quickly through these. Yep. Big one that Annabelle has been talking about is lifestyle modification. You're going to have to probably make some significant changes. Um, Here's some things we've already discussed these in further podcasts. We'll link them in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Eating healthy. Like we're saying whole foods, vegetables, fruits, lean proteins, staying around the perimeter of the grocery mm-hmm. store um, with this particularly carbohydrate management, meaning you are choosing like, the complex carbohydrates like fruits and veggies at the simple ones. Yeah. Over like the ultra processed or processed car- carbohydrates, things you find in a box. Where they're stripping all the good nutrients out of it. Yep. Um, obviously weight loss. We have done a good amount of episodes on weight loss. Uh, another big one is stress management because stress, it's kind of great. Stress can affect the body in so many, so many different ways, mm-hmm. but it can affect blood sugar levels and obviously insulin resistance. So, we have an episode on stress management. Adam, yeah, check, Go check that, that out. out. And this is what I'll, this is what we really want to talk about today. So resistance training. I think if you were to ask me, Ken, when you Google everything online, because I did this, guys, what should I do to reverse my type two? Most of them don't, don't talk about this. Most of them say, "Well, we already said lose weight, change the way you eat, Man blah blah stress. blah blah, manage like, stress." Like we just said. <laughs> like we just said. But they don't talk about this one, and I think it's so huge. What is that one, Cam? The benefits of resistance training. By resistance training, I'm saying you are using, whether it's your body weight, bands, uh, barbell, dumbbells, machines, you're putting some sort of, you're exerting some sort of force against some sort of external resistance. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about cardio here. Not that cardio can't help with this, but we're specifically talking about resistance training, weight lifting. Yeah, guys, I was doing cardio once a week, so. Yeah. So there's a few things that we believe happen when you do resistance training specifically for diabetes. Mm-hmm. Number one, you definitely get improved insulin sensitivity. So your body is it becomes less resistant to it and is able, it becomes more sensitive, meaning it can pull it into the bloodstream to take out the glucose. So with that, it obviously will help lower your blood sugar levels and improve your overall like glycemic control. Basically, whenever you eat carbs, it raises your... Um, uh, glycemic levels, all that kind of stuff. So we think that it's improving the sensitivity. Well, another thing resistance training does is it improves your body composition. Okay. So this is the big one that's different than cardio because cardio, you're burning calories with resistance training. You have the potential then to build muscle, but burn fat. Mm. So one is you're just burning calories, potentially burning some fat, but you're not building muscle. The big thing about building muscle is this stimulates like the growth and development of that tissue and that is able to become more enhanced to uptaking glucose and utilizing it so you can have better blood sugar control essentially yeah so the better that tissue is the better it is at, it is at receiving and using it and don't, and you know you're you're naturally going to burn more calories the more muscle you, you build exactly whereas if you do cardio which i think cardio needs to be looked at a little bit different and you need to look at it as the benefits it can give you for your mind, your heart, not just simply to burn calories. Yeah, or or uh, even your physique. physique you know, yeah. like a lot of people, like I said a couple of us ago, I was avoiding it because it was it felt like it was hindering my physique rather than enhancing it. Mm-hmm. But 
other than that, it has great benefits other than just... Yeah, if yeah. you build muscle, you're naturally going to build more calories, and it's going to help you in a lot of aspects. So another thing when resistance training is helping your body composition, it's helping you to reduce body fat. So when you are reducing body fat, this is closely linked to insulin resistance. So losing that excess fat will improve your sensitivity and, again, helping contribute to better glycemic control. So the body composition is huge, and resistance mm -hmm. training is one of the best ways to improve your body composition, hands down. I would like to hear something else that Dude, helps. it's it's like magic. It I feel it, like it's like magic. It is. I mean, you're getting the benefits <laughs> of building muscle, losing fat, especially people that have type 2 diabetes are typically people that are needing to lose some weight anyway. So you're in that phase where you can lose a lot of fat, but could potentially build a lot of muscle. Mm -hmm. That can't go on forever, obviously, but when you're first Take starting advantage off, of it, man. like Animal said, it's magic. Another great thing that resistance training does is it enhances your metabolic rate. So like we talked about earlier, you do not want metabolic syndrome. That is horrible. You want to have, you want to be metabolically healthy and resistance training can help with that. Basically what this does is it's boosting your metabolism and increasing your, what we call your energy expenditure, even at rest. So you're burning more calories even at rest when you resistance train. And obviously this can aid in, you know, weight loss and all that kind of stuff. But then there's also long-term metabolic benefits. Um, some studies have shown, I'm just going to read this real, real quick. Studies have shown regular resistance training has been shown to have long-lasting effects on your metabolic health, which can lead to sustained improvements in insulin sensitivity, glucose control, and lipid profiles even after the training session has ended. So I think that's another reason why your lipids even improved, mm. uh, like your cholesterol and triglycerides, because you were resistance training yeah. and, and not just jumping on the treadmill. So those are some crazy good benefits of just resistance training. Yeah. Hannibal, do you believe that that was kind of like you I I think, because I did so many things, and I cut out, or I stopped doing a lot of them. I stopped fasting. I'm trying to do that every now and then. Not not more for, not for weight loss, but for the other benefits. So that's like that's been like my mind shift with a lot of these things. It's not just doing it for weight loss, but for other benefits. I stopped um, doing cardio. I do it every now and then, but not consistent. I was doing it consistently. I cut out a lot of other things, and really. And I stopped cutting. I went into maintenance mode for a while. Calories wise, what what did I keep doing? I kept lifting. Yeah. And and man, that that has to be it. So, guys, if you are not on some sort of resistance training regimen, get on it. Yeah, lift some weights. Lift some weights. It's good for you, unless you drop the barbell on your face. So be careful. Go listen to the episode <laughs> on how to prevent injury, and listen to my advice that I did not listen to myself. But don't be discouraged. Yeah. Type two diabetes is reversible. Yeah. It's not doom and gloom. I don't care, guys. Reversible without meds, should I say. Oh, without meds, yes. I don't care if your parents had it or your grandparents had it. I want to say, you might get mad at me, it may be more due to the environment and not fully genetics. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I want to at least encourage you and empower you to say, to think about it a little bit different and know that you're not doomed. It doesn't mean since they all had it, you're going to have it. And another thing, a uh, disclaimer here is we're not telling you not to take medication for oh, diabetes. No, no, no. What we're saying is the medication actually doesn't fix it. It's just putting a Band-Aid on it to keep mm. the bleeding from happening. 
what we're saying is we're going in and we're, we're actually fixing the core issue. We're, we're healing the wound so you don't have to keep putting the Band-Aid on, and the Band-Aid is the medication. Mm-hmm. Again, consult with your doctor. But this is how Annabelle reversed his naturally. So we want to avoid diabetes at all costs, and these are kind of the tools that we think can not only reverse but prevent. Mm-hmm. So to your saying, all right, guys, this is great. What do I do next? I think you've been avoiding it for a while. I did too. If you don't have a primary care physician, maybe find one. But regardless if you have one or not, go go somewhere to take your blood work. They don't have to be your primary care physician. Get your blood work done. You need to know where you're at. Absolutely. And have that hard talk with yourself. Absolutely. So if you haven't done that, do it. Yeah. Do you have anything else, Doc? No. I I, I think um, maybe, and again, this could be very broad in terms here but i think a lot of males myself avoid the doctor i Mm. I didn't go to my primary i didn't even have a primary care for many many years until i just went actually this year as we were talking about in our podcast you need to go to the doctor i'm like you know i need to take my advice and that is true and so i went and got my blood work done so now i kind of know where where i am with everything and it definitely gives transparency it gives things that you need to focus on it could potentially change what you need to be doing in your Lifestyle modifications, weightlifting, diet, all that stuff. Absolutely. So that's all that I got. That's all that I got too. Guys, just remember, even if you have diabetes, that you are human and we're not seeking perfection, but just daily improvements. Mm, All right. All right. See you guys. See you.